we were in negotiations for investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amos. I am having such a blast doing this podcast because we help real estate investors and real estate educators. So whether you're an investor or if you're a content creator looking for real estate investor clients, this is the podcast for you. I know you're going to enjoy this episode because we just had a conversation before we hit record and I am super excited to bring this guest to you today. Please do me a favor, give me a five-star review and share this with a friend. Leo Chen, so we were just talking here for a little bit. You've been in real estate, sounds like a long time. You got your background in music and tech. You're helping clients, both buyers and sellers and, and uh, other real estate agents. So you're highly competent when it comes to systems and marketing. You're the perfect guest for this show. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great, uh, Kevin. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I just love doing these kind of things because uh, I get to share all the stuff that um, my body of work, you know, throughout the different careers that I had and be able to share that and kind of put them and target them for people who are looking for these kind of answers, uh, how they can structure their business to, you know, really perform at a high efficient level. Yeah. And you were just giving me like, ex like basically laying out the roadmap for me on how to bring in and attract clients. And, and I want to get into that. But before we do, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? I, I know you got started in, in tech and music and, and then real estate came later. So back me up. Like, how'd you get into real estate? Yeah, um, actually, uh, music was first love um, because uh, I had never played any kind of music until I was about 18 or 19, right, right out of high school and uh, decided that I saw one movie. So saw one movie, Amadeus, and then was just in love with music and how it all works because it can be very mathematical, but also very artistic. And so I fell in love with the, the artistic part of it. Did a little bit of, of construction work. So uh, earlier on when I was 19, I did a couple of years of construction where I was actually framing and getting up on the roofs and, you know, building, you know, the structures and everything and, and learned a lot, you know, how our windows are, are are put into the frames and how to measure stuff. So that was really great. Um, and then uh, right into my mid-20s uh, was when tech was starting to come up really quickly. And I always knew that I could do tech, but I was not making it as a music. Uh, uh, was kind of a starving artist music, uh, you know, type of person, which a lot of people are because either you had to be really well connected to get a you know good job in music you know or you're just a genius you know there's really only there's nothing in between like you have to either be one of those and i was neither one of those and i always knew that i had the brain for tech and so when tech started uh, coming up in the earlier 2000s um i i jumped in and say hey you know i gotta you know make a living i can always come back to music and art uh but i gotta make a living so uh did about uh 15 plus years uh in tech uh, started with a startup that did very very well over the years. Uh, when I when I signed out to work work with that agency, uh, there was uh, five people in the company, and it went all the way up to a hundred people by the time I left the company over the 10, 15 years, which is really great for an agency because not every not every agency make it. And so through that through that experience, I did everything in tech. You know, I started out by myself. You know. Uh, building servers, you know, putting stuff together. And back in those days, you actually built servers like with your hands, <laughs> you know, you got the parts <laughs> and you had to know all the specs and what does what and all that kind of stuff, building servers and started building networks and then started, you know, uh, supporting a, a large number of people and then had my, had my own, um, uh, IT staff that was also doing support and continue to build out the infrastructure to data centers to 24 seven, you know, uh, website hosting and how all that stuff went. I just touched every platform that there was, which is, you know, Windows, then Mac, but also Linux and the Unix side. And a quick funny story is that I actually worked for a company for about a, about a year doing uh, mainframe stuff, meaning there were actual robots that was putting tapes, you know, manually into slots and stuff like that. When you needed to access data, you tell you tell the, the machine what to do. The robot goes, 
picks up a tape that you wanted and slot it into somewhere and these were silos and stuff like that in these big rooms and stuff like that that's who that's when i first started they were so this was early 2000s yeah like i'm trying to picture this in my head i'm like whoa Yeah, they were phasing out that stuff because all the personal computer stuff is like, you know, just blowing up. But that stuff, legacy stuff was still around for some of those older companies that ran off Unix systems and things like that. So I was fortunate to be able to even see that, you know, because, you know, after that, like you never see it again. They're all completely, you know, phased out. And so um, I got to see that. So that's that's a funny little little side story there. Um, And. And so uh, just continue to, you know, build upon my knowledge with tech. And um, after being in tech for over 15 years, I wanted to have my own business because I didn't want to work for someone forever. I, I was very well paid. I had all the benefits that you could think of, you know, so much time off and everything. But I was starting to get bored because I had done everything in tech. And really, every new tool, every new app that came was just another version of something else that came, you know, years before, just a new revision of it. And you're always just chasing that very next thing. And so it became clear to me that I didn't want to do that, you know, kind of grind because when I was younger, I could do that for 12, 14 hours a day. But then after you've done that for so many years, you realize that, hey, I can't do that forever. You know, um, I'm getting older and, you know, first I want to own my own business and, you know, be able to serve more people uh, and not have to work with someone for someone else and kind of build my own thing. And then number two, you know, I didn't want to continue chasing the tech world because it just got crazier and crazier as social media came up and all that stuff. So my mom had been in real estate for over 35 years. Uh, I didn't know exactly what she did. So she didn't pass on a lot of knowledge to me. I just knew that she sold homes. But one day she said, hey, you should come and uh, you should should go and uh, get your real estate license just for the sake of getting it. And I didn't know anything about it. So I got my real estate license and I started to realize, hey, this is a business that I can own. I have no ceilings. I can you know, work as much as I want, as least as I want. No one tells me what to do. I'm an independent contractor and build my own business, my own uh, my own corporation for real estate, I can invest, I can, you know, help people buy and sell, I can do so many things in real estate. This is the all it filled all the checked all the boxes that I wanted, you know, as a business, because I didn't want to build a tech business, you know, as my new business. And so I went into real estate. And um, the only thing I didn't do that uh, in real estate that I didn't have experience was on was direct selling you know, direct sales to the consumer because I did everything in the back end. And so turns out nobody wanted me to sell them any real estate. They just wanted to ask me questions about, you know, whatever situations they're in. And I just, you know, not being a salesperson, I just told them whatever I knew, told them what direction and just, you know, as a person to person and they, you know, end up hiring me, you know, as an agent. Um, So I didn't really need all that sales experience that a lot of people go through. But it turned out to be a, a really great positive thing because all I want to do was help them. Because I yeah, they do people do business with people they know, like and trust, right? right. It's really right. that simple. And they you were building that rapport and that trust without even knowing it, just because your heart was let's help them. Sounds yeah, like yeah, because everything uh, in my tech business was about support. How can I help you do this? How can I help you do that? How can we put together systems that do this and and do that and help the company grow? A lot of times, the clients would make requests of some kind of systems that idea they had, and I would have to go and you know go into R and D and you know put everything together and then present it to them and show them. And then I did also support uh, not only the clients that we had, but also support within the company. We had you know clients facing people. We had. Uh, creative people who were doing graphics and video. We had people who were uh, programmers. We had people who were, you know, just you know, executives and all that. They need their devices. They need their, you know, uh, laptops to do this and that. And I always gave them solution and supported all that. So I had that support in mind and I translated that over to uh, real estate. And so that's what really helped me. So that's a little bit of my background. And uh, I've couldn't be happier working in real estate because it's just so dynamic and so people driven. And uh, one of the things I was starving to do in tech was that I was just stuck in a office all the time in the building all the time. When in real estate, I got to go out, meet people, see people, show them homes or look at different areas. And I got to be out around in the field, which I was just starving for that, you know, human connection. And, and, and that really, um, 
fulfill that for me in real estate. And so it's been over t- uh, eight years now in real estate. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so glad that I made that choice. That's so awesome. And, and so you help your clients buy and sell houses in, in Southern California. Sounds like you got some experience helping real estate investors, or at least that's part of the reason you got into the industry. But you also help realtors get business. And that's kind of what you were walking me through right before we hit record. Like the whole system of providing value, having a call to action, capturing emails or whatever it is, way to contact them, and then just nurturing that, right? There's a whole social media piece. So let's peel this back just a little bit. What What's a good way for a realtor to get listings or get buyers, get business? Like walk me through a, a system. So um, before, before you can start to uh, kind of, Get, you you can always run ads and things like that and put some money toward it. Uh, in the old days, it used to be mailers. We, you know, yeah, cost us a thousand dollars to mail our farm. We do that for 18 months and we get some business. That was the older system. Now, it, while it still works, there's a more efficient, you know, system today that allows you to do your own advertising now. And that's just completely, you know, kind of more and more so not just for our business, for all kinds of business to uh, really to reach people uh, who are your possible clients and consumers for whatever it is that you are selling, whether it's a service or a product. And so we got to make sure we distinguish between the two because a lot of people, number one, get confused. Like, oh, you know, my broker is telling me just send mailers and stuff like that. Well, you can, and they still work to a degree, but you know, most of us are, you, you can talk to anybody, any agent, you know that they are spending all their time on their phone, not in their mailboxes. So your chances going forward should be better, you know, over that type of medium, right? Rather than before. You think people used to do um, advertising on radio, right? Yeah, so I've if I were that. to ask, yeah. if I were to ask any real estate agent or investor or any kind, hey, why don't we do radio, right? First of all, it's probably uh, the prices come down a little bit, but it's super local. How much? Uh, return are you going to get for that? I mean, you could you could done all kinds of things that's traditional, but you know without leveraging the power of today's um, ad platforms online and on social media, like you're really kind of missing out. You're trying to do something uh, from the last generation or the generation before that. I would say the last generation would be the mailers, and the generation before that would be like radio if you had the money, right? Yeah. But now we're here, 2023. You know, you can do mailers, but do you think that we, you know, as effective as people are phasing out, they want to get less and less mail in their mailbox? And, and it's more expensive, right? Yeah, it's gotten very right. expensive. Yeah, it, it's it's gotten more expensive. You know, uh, if not because postages go up, it, yeah, they don't, exactly. They don't. Yeah, they don't go down. And then, unfortunately, people just not that the biggest part about that is that your returns are not going to be as good just because people are not even pay attention to it. You know, they're, that's not where they get their news anymore. They're not getting newspapers. They're, that's not where they get their, you know, uh, uh, stuff about real estate. You know, they some people who have bought two or three homes over the last 20 years, yes, you know, that's what they're used to. And they'll see that. But more and more as the younger people are buying homes, they're not, they don't even know what that is. They don't even look at the mailbox. They don't even look at that stuff. So I think it's more... Uh, it's better to look toward the future of what is going to be effective toward the future because that will help you grow. Right? Okay, so let's say I'm a real estate agent. I'm sort of getting started. Maybe I've ha- I have a handful of transactions uh, experience, but I'm fairly new and I want real estate investor clients because I know the real estate investor clients, I could do one or two or three a year instead of one every four or five years. So how do I, what do I do, Leo, to find a real estate investor client that I could build a relationship with? So there are two ways to find them. Okay. One is organic, meaning, you know, you just buy, do by word of mouth. You ask around. And if you're posting social media, then you can ask around the people who are in your social media, just make a post and say, Hey, looking for five real estate investors. Do you know any comment below? Love to meet them. Something like that. Or you can also join some of the uh, real estate investor Facebook group and such. So that's organic. Okay. We all know kind of do that. If you didn't have a lot of money, that's what I would do. Okay. And if you have some money to spend, then you can actually create an ad and say, say same thing. I'm looking for five real estate, you know, investors, you know, 
whatever parameters that you want to qualify for who you're looking for that have done one or two, at least one or two deals in the last six months or something like that. So that you know that they're actually producing, that you can actually do something. They're not just, you know, somebody who have never even done a deal, uh, then you're probably not, you know, going to be able to uh, uh do do the deal with them that you want to you actually you may even end up spending more time with them with less returns because you have to teach them and they're asking yeah. weird questions that don't matter right so uh if you're going to spend some money on ads then i would be very specific and be uh targeting you know people like that specifically what you want because you know otherwise your minds would just do organic right and so um don't get me wrong i think organic is great you can just yeah, definitely you should do them both. Stuff in. Yeah. So so that's number one. Where where do you where do you get get those people to even realize that you're an agent that wants to serve them, right? So get your word out there, you know, get it out to family and friends, of course, but also these forums where you just meet people that that may be what you want. So that's how they come into your world. Once in your world, what do you do? Right? Yeah, that's Let's where the CRM you, comes in, right? That's right. That's right. So once they're in your world you need a way to organize them, right? And um, to start out, uh, you know, historically, CRMs are very ineffective for people who just like, oh, here's a tool for you and you don't know how to use the tool. Right. You, don't know what the to use you don't know what to use a hammer for if you've never seen one before. Like you try to use it to measure something, right? <laughs> so you've seen people who have like, you know, uh, wrenches they take those adjustable wrenches and they start hammering and using it like a like a hammer right I've, we don't I've want literally done that yes yeah. we we don't we don't want that in real estate but we don't want that when you uh, want to organize your business okay so we want to use the crm for the right reasons and there's really only three things that you should know when you go and pay for crm you're paying whatever it is 20 bucks a month 30 bucks a month or whatever okay is that it's going to it's it's like your modern day Rolodex. You can have everything in it and that's good. And you can search for the person that you want. However, the three things you want to do right away is be able to tag them by what kind of investors they are. They are a commercial investor. They are a you know multifamily investor. They are a residential single family investor. What kind of investor are they? So you want to tag them. They can be in, in, in any kind of those categories or you can tag them by location that they're interested in investing in. Right. So now you're building a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a directory information about them, because what you can do is, is you can go to your CRM and say, hey, show me how many people I have, how many investors that I have that are interested in this one area. And you might have over time, you might have 10 out of 100. You might have 13 out of 100. Now you can pull those people up easily because you might have a pocket listing or off market that's in specifically this area. And those are your target. You can send them to those people and get a response for them because if you're sending them to people who are not looking for that area, then you're kind of wasting your time and investors are smart. They start to think like, this guy's just sending me crap, right? Mm -hmm. So you that's don't right. want that, right? So you want to kind of build this uh, tag cloud, if you will, of all these different people. And anytime you pull up a person, you can see, oh, you want this person likes these areas, this price range, and these type of properties and such. So that's number one is the tagging. Number two, you need a way to be able to group them because you don't want to have like search for the different tags every single time you need something, right? So if you have groupings, so now you have groupings, group them by location, price range, you know, or the type of uh, investor they are. Now you have three groups and you know at any given time, you're like, hey, I want to send an email or a text to this group, to this group or this group without having to sift through all the tags and stuff like that. If you can do those two organization, you are way ahead of 90, 80, 90% of the real estate agents and anybody who's in the business, even uh, mortgage lenders, because they have to organize their leads and all that kind of stuff too. If you can tag effectively, if you can group effectively, great, you're almost there. The third part you need to do with your CRM is your pipeline. And when I say pipeline, I know it's a crazy you know, word, what is the pipeline? How do I, you know, what does it mean? How do I organize the pipeline? How do I use the pipeline? Like it's a, it's like this magical, mysterious word when we, you know, throw it out there. Some people think like, oh, that's how much I made this month. Well, in terms of a CRM, your pipeline is, here is a column of people who just came in this week. 
Okay, that means those are my new possible business. Here is a column of people who are my current people that I'm working with, the current uh, investors that I'm working with, the current possible sellers for the investors that I'm working with. And these are my most important people because these are the deals I'm closing right now. I'm in a transaction or I'm in a deal with them. I am pursuing a deal with them. These are the people I need to follow up. So when you wake up in the morning, that should come first because that's the money that you're going to get right now. That's the closest to money you can get in your pipeline, right? Then you have your people who are perhaps 30 or 60 day out to your next coming in money business, right? Those people, once you're done with your active ones, you want to go through that because those are the people that you can start nurturing and convert them into your current transaction, current pipeline. Then you have people who are possibly 60 or 90 days out. That's your like maybe next year, maybe the next three or five years. So they continue to be nurtured so that they can move up the ladder for you, move up the pipeline to become, you know, the, the end up being a converted, you know, money in your pocket, you know, deals that you've, you've done. So that's all you need, right? You have your tags, you have your group, and you have your way of, you know, touching everybody that need, needs to be touched for your current business, next coming business, and business is coming in, could be six months or, or further. Sometimes I have people in my CRM that's like five years out, right? I'm mm -hmm. still communicating with them. So I was going to ask that. That's exactly where I want to go, Leo. So I want to say, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'm going to. I'm learning a ton from this interview. Um, we have a CRM. We do the the grouping. We do the stages or pipeline. You call it pipeline. We have a pipeline too, but we have like stages that the we move right. our clients through. Um, I I have not done the tagging, so it's I, it feels like tagging and grouping is so similar. Maybe I just totally missed that, but I I love that advice that you're giving me. Now, I, the question I had for you was your 90 days that you, or you actually just said five years, maybe. So those ones that are 90 or longer that are maybe colder leads, you don't really know if it, how do you stay in touch with them? Like, is it a blog post? Is it monthly newsletter? Like, what do you do to stay in touch with those? Oh, Kevin, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked because this is what we call lifetime nurture. Okay. Once they're in your world, they're allowed to get a lifetime nurture type of either text or email. Email is the best, okay? Because, you know, we all wake up, we all look at our email first before those are important things. If we got something wrong with our bank account or something, it goes into our email, right? So it's a very intimate type of communication, right? So uh, so we want to we wanna email them, okay? And so what are some of the things that people want to stay on top of, you know, week in, week out, or month on a monthly basis? Most of the consumers... Real estate is on their mind. If they're a renter, they want to know how much it costs to buy a home, right? If they are a, a, a first-time home buyer, for, for example, they need a little education or like, hey, what's the interest rate right now? And like, hey, how much my monthly payment is going to be? That's probably what they're going to think of, right? If you're a homeowner, you're always like, hey, what's my home value? What's going on with my home value? What's going on with interest rates? When is the best time for me to sell an upsize or downsize? Either one, right? And so... Those type of information we would uh, we would send out once a week, uh, twice a week, or something like that. Is hey, this is what the current interest rate is right now, and this is what uh, a monthly payment might be for our average price in our area. Okay, you can send that. You know, every week. That's awesome. Every week. That's right. Every week. It's new information. Every, every time week, I, yeah. every time somebody talks to me and they know I'm in real estate, they said, "Hey, what's the how's the interest rate, interest rate totally. doing?" Right. That doesn't mean that they want to buy something right now, but they're on the lookout. They're they're like shoppers. They're window shopping these rates all the time. Okay. And then when they when they are in the right time, they have some goal in mind that they want to buy or sell a home. Same thing with investors. Okay. Hey, I want to do two more deals this month. What's the interest rate like? And what do I need to do? Right. Um, so those things, everybody needs to know if you can just send those things on a regular basis, you know, they may not look at it. They may not open it up every time, but they know it's there. And when they need it, they'll look at it. And if it triggers a need that they have or whatever timing that they're ready to do something, then you just ask them as a CTA and get respond, uh, reply to me. And then you might have a specific situation. You know, I will walk you through any questions or anything that you have. Then, then you're the right right space for it okay and so if you can do that which is what we call long-term uh, long-term lifetime nurture 
Number one is about rates and monthly payments. Number two is about like, hey, what kind of deals do I have going on on a weekly basis? It could be an on-market deal. It could be an off-market deal, especially for the investors. They love seeing that, mm -hmm. right? So you can do that every single week as well. If you just do those two emails a week, like you're probably, again, ahead of 80, 90% of the people who are sending no emails, yeah. right? And that's 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 our that's basically our postcards today. You think what comes in your postcards, a lot of times it'd be like, here's what's sold in the neighborhood. You know, this is how much, here's what the rates are. And then they think, oh, I see the phone number here. I'm going to call this agent, right? Yeah. Instead, it's in their email. It costs you very little to get it out there. And you can get it out to your entire farm of whatever, a thousand people, 2000 people very easily, as long as you, you know, have their email and, and have them opt in and, and have them be, uh, know you, you know, as the person to get this information from. Right? Just providing value, right? That's, that's right. exactly what's right. providing. So that's value. your life. That's your lifetime. You can use. Everybody should have some sort of lifetime nurture, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can see that you're not asking them to do, you know, sell their home with you. Not asking any of that. Which is like, hey, this is just slowly providing you value. Know that I'm here. Know that you're consistent. Um, I read a quote the other day, is that your your consistency is your credibility because when you're consistent you're trustworthy right if you show up to my meeting every time we have a meeting i know you're trustworthy i know i can trust you if you show up in my inbox every week then i trust you because you know you're showing up every time you're taking the time to give me you know information right but if you miss and you have gaps and stuff like that well i don't know if i can trust this person i don't know if right. i can work with this person so there's many ways to build your credibility that way just by being consistent so if you can do that on a lifetime nurture, it doesn't matter if it's five months or five years, like they see it there. I still get people to come up to me. Hey, I get your emails. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a great, great thing for people to just recognize you. And once they recognize you, you have a much better chance of doing business with them, right? The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. So I'm just thinking if the target is a real estate investor and maybe they they want long-term rental properties, you could you could choose whatever the avatar is, right? But let's say it's a, an investor that wants long-term rentals in this neighborhood that I think is good for that. I mean, I'm just thinking based on what you're saying, Leo, I could send out an email, hey, interest rates are X. That's going to create a payment of Y, assuming a 20% down or whatever. Rents in the area are this. So here's the cash flow. Oh, it's not good. Maybe next month rates went down. Okay, now you're going to cash flow and you're just constantly sending updates. This is what rates are going to do to your cash flow. So that would be that would be an idea if you're targeting real estate investors. But this is exactly what you're talking about here, Leo, is just adding value and staying consistent. I love it. One one of the things that most, uh, a lot of the investors, unless you're very seasoned and you've got all your ducks in it, I've talked to investors that say, hey, you just send me the address. I'll do all, I'll do all the analyzing. I've got tools, I got software. It'll just crunch everything. It'll tell me, you know, if this is a buy or not for me. But I'll tell you, that's not most. That's probably only a small percentage. Everybody else is just like, hey, is this a good deal? How's this going to work? Or if I send them a deal, it takes them a couple of days, you know, two, three days to come back and say, hey, you know, actually we did a lot of work on this and this is not going to work for me. But if you can offer that as an as an agent to investors, hey, I, go get a calculator. There's calculators that you can get or ask, you know, seasoned investors, hey, can, where do you get your calculator and get one for yourself so that you can analyze it for them ahead of time and offer that value to investors, guess who they're going to want to work with? Somebody who's going to do the work for them, show them all the numbers that they need to know, right? And they want to do the deal with you because they they know you're going to you're going to do it, 
you're going to deal with them as opposed to like send them an address and like, Hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, you know, how, I don't know how much it's going to go for. It might go for this. It might go for that. Now they have to go and, you know, yeah. figure out if it works for them or not. I'm not saying it's perfect, but the more work you can do for the investors, the more investors want to do more deals with you. Yeah. And if you're going to run those numbers, I, I strongly agree with you. And if you're going to run those numbers anyways, might as well send it to two or three. Now don't tell them, don't tell the investor, Hey, you're the only one getting this if they're not. But if you're, if you're grouping and your tags say that there's 15 people that deserve this opportunity, run the numbers once and send it out 15 times. Right. It seems, uh, seems like a great way to go. And I, I got to say this before I ask another question, Leo, when you were saying about providing the deals to the investors and you even said maybe like a pocket listing or an off market, um, gosh, real estate investors do eat that up. They'll even pay more just because it's off market because it sounds like a great deal because that's what everybody's looking for, right? So if you can get those, um, you could add a tremendous amount of value to an investor client. Yeah, just just offer them. Even if you're not doing all the analyzing up front, just say, hey, you might have a different buy box, you know, that your checklist of the things that you you want to buy. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, you know, let me know if you know at least few of these things check your boxes and what else I can do to uh answer all the questions about, you know, the other ones so that we can check them off. And if it all, you know, checks off for you, you know, I can't read your mind, but if you can respond to me. Well, I'll, 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 you know, get it checked off for you so that, so that you can see if this is the right deal for you. And if it's not, then let me go see if there may be other deals yeah. that might fit that box, fit those boxes now that I know. Right. Yeah. And all it, you got to, once you close one, then you guys have trust with each other. That's right. what I was now, talking about. It's almost residual because they'll come back for the next day when they're ready to buy another rental, they're going to come back. Right. And now, you know, even better what they want. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, they're going to close. So it's worth your right. time. Right. So right. quickly come back to the CRM because it's so vital. And I know a lot of real estate agents and even real estate investors don't use one. Um, and there's a lot of good ones out there that are even free. So I'm now I'm curious, which CRM do you use? Let me peel back the curtain here a little bit if it's all right. So um, I use one called Chime and uh, it's extremely robust, extremely extend, uh, extendable. And um, you can literally use that for any third-party other apps that you need to connect with. And it's just completely full-featured. And when I say completely full-featured, I mean you can call, text, email right on right on the CRM. That's you know almost requirement nowadays. And there's still mm -hmm. some that don't do all three and need some other additional things to plug into it in order for it to work. This one does it all natively. So you want that. Okay. Um, it allows you to be able to do the pipeline and all the tagging and all the filtering that you need to do so that you can find the right people, find the right group of people. And if you can get all the communication channels uh, set up, then you can, you know, text, email, or uh, a call, right? Right on the platform without having to go somewhere else and type it into your, <laughs> tap yeah. it into your phone or something like, like don't do that. Okay. <laughs> um, and then it has a lot of automation features. Okay. So you can set a investor, for example, say, Hey, you, I have eight emails that some have uh, information about me an introduction an email about the locations that are the best for investing. Uh, here's a, an email about how, how I analyze the deal. Like you're offering all that stuff and you don't want to type that stuff every single time, right? You don't even want to copy and paste. So you can have that once an investor comes into your world, okay, you can automatically set that so that it'll just drip campaign them. Mm -hmm. Those emails that are relevant That's to huge. what you're targeting them, right? So I just gave some ideas about what those emails can consist, right? And on top of that, they get your lifetime nurture emails as well, twice a week, right? So, so that in combination, you're talking to them directly and then you're talking to them broadly, right? So now between the two of them, you really get to you know know them and they have an incentive to reach out to you because you'll be seen as the expert because if you put that stuff together and it's just going out consistently, uh, that will work. So the automation part is big. Um, and then on top of that, most, most of the CRMs don't offer this, is that you can build a website, your own website right oh, on the cool. phone. Okay. okay, so it's included in the platform. And what's great about this, I used to have a CRM, but then have my own website. And then I had to add my IDX 
connection to my mm -hmm. website in order That's to show do. listings, exactly. in order to show listings, right? So it would be on WordPress or whatever like that. And then you have to manage all that stuff and you have additional costs with that site. You have the hosting site, you have to buy the domain, you have to buy the domain regardless, right? But then now you have to figure out how to integrate that with the IDX and the IDX, they'll charge you for the fee, for the, for the fee to, to your website. And then you got to maintain it. And unfortunately, a lot of those offering, uh, the IDX is really ugly. So consumers don't even want to use it. They don't want to see it. They want they just they see that they jump right to Zillow. They get, oh, get yeah. away. I'm I'm getting right? tension just hearing you talk about all this technology. Like it's confusing, yeah. right? Right, right. So so with Chime, you get a you get a website with the platform. Okay. And it's really easy for you to customize. It's drag and drop. It's almost like square squarespace type oh, that's of thing. Cool. You can drag and drop. You can do your uh, however you want. Okay. And with forms and everything in it. But the thing that sold me was that was the IDX part. They don't charge you additional fee for uh, IDX feed into that website. So all I had to do was call my association and say, hey, I want to give my permission IDX to this website. They'll connect it. And now you have IDX with it. So you get everything with Chime. You get all the things you normally get with, with CRMs and the calling, the texting, the emailing features, the mass emailing features and all that stuff, the automation features, and you get a website. That's everything you need for your business, really. Right to kind of operate on a on a core basis because everybody will say, well, I got a CRM, but then I got to tell my clients, you know, what page to go to. So you need a you need a website for that. And then having the IDX, I'm sending people like, you can uh, a, a website is useless unless you have IDX that be able to drive people to your website to see a listing, to see your listing, to see uh, other people's listings, and you get to see what activities which which pages, which uh, listings they looked at, and you can see that right on the CRM, right? It's useless if it's separated and you can't see all the activity that people are looking at because you send it to somebody, you don't know if they looked at it or not. So now if somebody looks at a particular listing, say two or three times, the system alerts me and say, hey, this person's really interested in this listing. You should text or reach out or email and see if they you know want to see the property right. or if they want to uh if they have questions about it okay so without that you know information it's almost useless so this right. is like your backbone so i just looked it up here leo chime.me it looks like right this is your backbone that's right that's right we can yeah, house was... we can house everything in it and because you have your website you can build your own landing pages right there yeah. So that's so, really cool. So, so really it's very full feature. Unfortunately, the downside is it's quite expensive for the regular package. Yeah. I can okay, imagine. So, I didn't look at pricing here. In fact, yeah. I'm having a little trouble even finding that, but so yeah, what, they what's, want, what's pricing? They they want to, they want to talk to you and consult with you before they give you a pricing, like some of Got the it. other ones. Okay. Yeah. But I, I will tell you it's at least a few hundred bucks a month. Okay. So okay. it's not, it's, it's not cheap. If I didn't have chime, Okay, my recommendation is use Follow Boss, which is very, they've done an extremely good, good job how to organize it and how communication works and how they can also integrate some of the features. Uh, it, does not offer, does, it does offer all the automations, but it does not offer the website, but it can connect a, a cookie to your website if you have a WordPress or something like that to be able to try to track it. It still can track everything that Chime does, but it's a, it's second best. So I used to use follow-up boss before I went into Chime and follow-up boss is just, it's just a very um, efficient, easy CRM to use. So if it's much cheaper, um, you know, you probably pay roughly around a hundred bucks, you know, a month for all the features on follow-up boss, all the calling you want, all the texting you want, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, all of that sounds affordable to me. We were on uh, Salesforce for a while and I don't know if you know about that one, but it sounds very similar to Chime. <clears throat> Very robust, very confusing, way too much for me and for our little company. Yeah. Um, so we got off of it, but um, that was not a couple hundred bucks a month. That was very expensive. Yeah, yeah. I want to mention something, Kevin, that I've been helping a lot of uh, agents and investors with uh, and, and okay. mortgage brokers as well. Okay. Is that these, these uh, CRMs, they come and then you just grab it off the shelf and then they, uh, they, they, they're not going... It's not like a car where I hand you the keys and then you like, off you go, you drive off, off the lot, you know, the steering oh, yeah, wheel, yeah. you know, the brakes, you know, the, 
you know, the gas pedal, maybe you need to figure out how to work the radio, but that's, you know, that not essential, <laughs> right? Literally, I give you the keys, I give you some instructions maybe, and then off you go. In the CRM world, in the software world, it doesn't work like that. You buy the thing, now you have to learn how to use it, right? That's like, that's almost like uh, in, the, in the car analogy, like you buy a car and like you have to assemble it, right? And then you get to drive then it. you get to drive it. <laughs> right? So the problem with that yeah. is that if that were the case for cars, you would never assemble it. And if you did, it would break down after you go, you know, have totally a car, right? Because you. you did it yourself. So the CRM is the same thing. You have all these settings and all these connections and how, how the calling is connected to your phone and how the email and the calendar is connected to your, you know, Google workspace and how and your the tags and the groups. Yeah. Right. It, it, like I just shared how, how it should be organized and every CRM can be organized that way. Tags, groups, and pipeline. Okay. But in order to get to that, all of your information, maybe your signature and maybe how to connect the domains for websites and all that. Sort of and we can go on and on and on. And so what I've been helping a lot of agents with is, hey, why don't you tell me what CRM you want to use? If it's Chime, if it's Follow Boss, great. If you want my recommendations, those would be my recommendations. Okay, we spend a little time looking at what your business is like, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I go build everything, set everything up with all your signatures, all your stuff, all your connections and everything. I give you some instructions and I hand you the keys and you go drive it. You start working your pipeline on day one. Oh, that's right? great. Right? That's so, huge. Because you're so right. That, the implementation is the hardest part of a CRM. By a that's long where shot. everybody fails. That's where exactly. everybody fails. Right. But, but they I don't dedicate enough time to actually right. learn it. Like you're saying, I, I like what you're saying better than what I'm about to say, but I would have recommended, Hey, you got to block out two or three days where you don't have any clients. You don't have any calls or meetings and you could focus. Now you could learn it well enough to start operating in it in a couple of days, but you got to set the time up aside and you have to focus on it. You have to focus, but unfortunately, a lot of people, that's not their exp expertise. They don't totally. know. It's not fun. Not, I'm, I'm right? telling you right now, it's not fun, but it'll change your world, right? It, it will. And that's why I've been helping agents like, hey, tell me what you got. I'll set it all for you. I'll import all the contacts for you. I'll tag everything for you, get everything done. And literally, you should log in, open up and work your pipeline right there and then, right? Because Amazing. people get stuck. People get stuck setting up. Now they had to go to support. And I know like guys like maybe you and me, maybe it might take a couple of days to learn a new, you know, CRM platform that you've never seen before and know where everything goes and how everything's set. I'll tell you for the average investors, agents, things like that, they maybe can only do 30, 40% of it and it might take them three months. Okay. And by then they're tired already. They don't know how to work it. And basically their response is going to be that CR. I tried that CRM and it, it doesn't work. work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with the analogy of the car. If you had to build a car and that car, you know, doesn't drive, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I tried a Toyota. A Toyota doesn't work. Like I, I think a Honda would be bad. So now they, they go to the next one. So this is how people bounce from one CRM to the next CRM to the next CRM. And literally they just keep looking for that, you know, that golden nugget, which doesn't exist. The, what exists is that it has to be set up right. It had to show you what the tags are for, what the groups are for, what the pipelines are for, and some instructions how to work it. Then, you know, you can see, like, I can work my business. I'm not lost in all these jargons and all this stuff. So we help agents. It's like, okay, doesn't matter which star I am, but if it's Chime, great. I'm going to set everything up for you. Okay. I just need some information for you from you, your brokerage, you know, help you connect your IDX, help you connect your you know, phone, your calendar, your email and stuff like that. So you can just work everything from that CRM. I'll give you some instructions to work it and literally spend 20 minutes with you and you're like, okay, go. Now you should be able to every day do your pipeline every day and be able to have leads coming in, automations running, and then just work the people that you're in deals with. So are you, are you willing to work with people all over the country? I got to assume you could do this remote for anybody, That's right. right? That's yeah. right. Because it's software-based and, and everything now we, we have with uh, all these software are all, you know, online-based. You know, I can log in here. I can log in anywhere and just help you get it all set up, right? And then off you go. It's not something that, you know, it, first of all, it's not agent-based. It's not brokerage-based. It's not, you know, uh, you know, investor-based or anything like that. There's somebody that needs help with their software. There's requires the setup and then show you how to drive it. 
and then hand you the keys and go drive. If you have any questions, you know, let me know. We'll get you unstuck. We don't want you to get stuck in a platform. We don't want you to get stuck in a car, you know, halfway to your destination in the middle of the night. Right? Yeah, I've been there too. Yeah, but it happens for CRMs every day for everybody. Everybody yeah. all gets stuck, right? And yeah, so funny. I think that's the best uh, help that I can uh, give people because that's kind of where they're stuck. And we already know what the structure should look like. And we've seen uh, set, set CRMs up for not only uh, agents, individual agents, small teams of say three to five or large teams of 20, 30 people. Okay, we can structure that stuff you know, for them to do that. And, and you know, you might think that big teams with 10 or more people, like there must be organizers, like they're even worse. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen enough uh, teams. They're even worse, meaning they don't have a good structure for uh, as a team. And then because they don't have a good structure and good CRM for the for the team itself, they don't have that for the individual agents. And they're expected that agents do it themselves. So now they're on their own, and the team's not supporting them because the team doesn't really. It's not their expertise. And one last thing I'll say about this is that. The reason this is such a big problem for literally decades now is that you're a real estate agent or an investor. Your job is to go talk to people, be the community leader, be the relationship builder. You're talking, talking. That job is a talking job. You're on the phone. You're talking, talking, talking. In order for you to switch your mind to sit in front of a computer and you know go through these detailed things and set up with all its tech jargons and stuff like that, it's completely right. out of context to what your job is. So it's extremely difficult, right? It's extremely difficult unless you've had experience like me. I'm fortunate to be in this unique position where I had so much, uh, many, many years of uh, experience on both, right? So now I'm sitting in the middle and I can, you know, go one way or the other. Hey, today is, you know, sales time. I got to touch all my clients talk to them, give them advice, help them answer questions, kiss babies, you know, do yeah. handshakes, whatever, right? Like that's a totally different job than setting up a CRM. Totally. Right? That's a good so way to I don't blame that. I don't blame them. And so if you're in any kind of sales job, I'm going to I'm going to wager that you do not like setting up your software, getting a new software, getting instructions on what to do. What does this mean? What does this box mean? What do, what do I check? What do I don't check, right? It's even worse for real estate agents because all they want to do is sell real estate. So that's why this is such an important thing that I wanted to bring up is that we want to help people, okay? In whatever sales position that you're in, okay, that you need this type of structure for your CRM, I'm here to help. Okay, let's go through this, how, how I understood how this conversation went, Leo. You said there's two ways, organic and like advertising, to start filling the pipeline. So you think about the big funnel just to get them into the funnel. Um, and you could do that by paid ads or maybe it's some type of other marketing where it's some posts on social media or something. But those are really the two ways. <clears throat> Get them into the funnel, and that's when the content creation, and that's when that value add really comes in. Your constant nurturing, and um, you have your stages, your pipeline, your tags, your groups, and you just kind of work them through the stages until you can get to the closing table. But you cannot do that with any kind of success without a good quality platform, which we all in sales we all use a CRM. So your CRM is Chime. The other one is follow-up boss, and you can add value to the listeners by helping them set this up. I couldn't agree more. I know I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. I've been through several. It's like you're talking right to me. I've been through several CRMs, so I know how that process goes. It's just, I gave an example of Salesforce. It was too much for me, so we had to get off it and switch. Um, but you can help them with that. So how do we get a hold of you? Um, you can find me on any social media at Leo Chen RE, first of all. Okay. Um, Did or, I get all that right, by the way? My uh, yeah, little, yeah. My little no, summary. No, no, no. Your summary was 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 really great. Uh, I I think we all need to just stand back because I'm like, you know, <laughs> laying it all out here. And There's a I, lot I, to I, it. Clearly, it's, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. But but you 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 know, just like you said, like you you had to go through the ringers and all that pain, you know, mm -hmm. to get you to the point where you are understanding everything that I'm saying for somebody who's earlier on in their sales career 
that isn't, they have to go through that trial. And we don't, we, we don't want that. We want to just shortcut all of that stuff, right? I could have probably, if we go back however many years you worked on Salesforce before, I would say, hey, what are your goals? Okay, these are the things that Salesforce does. Here's what we'll set up for you. And then I hand you the keys and you go, right? That's how I would approach that. And you can, you know, ignore all the other clutter and things like that and be able to work it. Now, if another CRM will work better for you, then sure. Like say, hey, this is the reason why this is not maybe the best CRM for you. We can make it work and we I can show you how it all works, but we'll try, we can use a more simpler uh, CRM for you to use for your purposes. Everybody's purposes is a little bit different. That's why they make these CRMs so flexible. But yeah. then they're so flexible that like literally they need every single input from you to be able to do something. Right. Yeah. So, so, so you're absolutely right. You need to get people into the world organically or by paid ads. Once they're into your world, you need to do one of two things. Either you have to be extremely organized and do your follow-ups and do your emails and do your texts through there, or you can leverage by automation. What we mean by automation is what we talked about earlier, some sort of pre-written email that you can drip them over one week, eight weeks, you know, 10 weeks, whatever it is like that, so that they at least get a chance to respond to you from any of those emails that may call out something or teach them something or show them something of how you actually work. Because very few people want to get on the phone right away and talk to you, you know, and learn all that stuff, right? Unless they have to have something happen right now, right? So either you reach out manually or you have automation that supports it and that CRM can do all of that stuff. Right. I know you got a podcast. Um, how's that going, by the way? Uh, it's going well. Um, I'm actually so busy helping uh, investors and agents and things like that, that I've, I've hit a little bit of pause at the moment. It's called the Wisdom Club. And we talk to entrepreneurs, you know, about their journey, you know, about, you know, uh, what they can share, you know, not only in life, but also in their business um, uh, to, to our audience. And, um, you know, it's just, it, I met so many people, great people like yourself. You've been on my podcast as well. That's and great. so uh, we've, we've gotten uh, uh, just a lot of people into our network that we can, you know, share information with, collaborate and help each other with, uh, you know, in your case, your podcast, as well as my podcast, because your audience, you know, uh, will be interested in uh, my podcast and what we talk about. And my audience definitely interested in what you talk about as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate the collaboration here, Leo, for sure. I learned a ton. I took some, I took some notes. Um, I love the three stages in the in the CRM or the three things that are, are super important. You gave me two CRMs I never even heard of before. You know, we all hear about the big two, right? Salesforce and HubSpot. You hear about those, but there's so many other options out there. So thank you for giving us those two. Um, we do got to wrap up. I know this went a little bit longer than... Um, probably expected, but it was such great information. I just wanted to get as much out of you as I could. So before we close out one last time, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, at Leo Chen, C-H-E-N-R-E, anywhere and any social media platform. All right. Again, I really, really appreciate you coming on as a guest um, and we'll meet up with you again soon, Leo. Thank you, Kevin. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah, and tell a friend.